your Bibles this morning to Psalms chapter 28 and stand with me if you will. Psalm chapter 28. If you're there, say amen. Psalms 28 beginning with verse 6. Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard, past tense, the voice of my supplications. And here's David's declaration. The Lord is my strength. He's not hoping for strength. He's not believing for strength. It's not that he's expecting strength. He said the Lord is. The person, the Lord is my strength. And my shield. And my heart trusts in him. And I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song, I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. So he's talking about his life individually and then collectively. The Lord is our strength, their strength, the saving strength of his anointed. Save your people. Bless your inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. If you remain standing for just a moment, and then you can be seated, and you don't have to stand again. I have a word this morning, I believe, for the weary. I have a word for the one that stands because you don't get tired sitting, you get tired standing. I have a word for the one that is fighting, fighting for their home, fighting for their marriage, fighting for their babies, uh, fighting financially, fighting relationally, fighting emotionally. David declared, and this man, if you studied his life, he was no stranger to opposition and difficulty and moral failure and and abandonment, betrayal and misunderstanding and malignment. He said, the Lord is, is my strength. It's a powerful strength. He said, the Lord, not a Lord, the Lord is my strength. It's a present strength, is, not was, not hoped to be. It's a personal strength. He said, my strength. It's one thing to know God is out there and he's all powerful. It's another thing to know that he abides in me and his strength is in me and on me. It is a protective strength. And the Lord is my shield. It's a proven strength. He said, he has helped me. And it is an intimate strength. And because of what he's brought me out of and what he's done, I will sing praise unto God. It's a corporate strength. It says their strength. It's a preserving strength. He is the saving strength of his anointed. It's a prayerful strength. Because I know he is so strong, I call out to him, save thy people. It's a bountiful strength. Bless your inheritance. It's a sustaining strength. Feed them also. It's a vindicative strength. And lift them up. And it is an everlasting strength. Lift them up forever. Strength in anything else and anyone else will fail you. It fails because that other strength is natural. It fails because it is carnal. It fails because it is temporal. It fails because it is limited. It fails because it's insufficient and any other strength fails because life is ravenous and it consumes the strength of men. It fails because it cannot regenerate itself and it is no match for what is needed to navigate the vicissitudes of life. You do not have the wherewithal to live victoriously, but God in you, God for you, God ahead of you, God behind you. 
may you leave this morning with a revelation that all that God is, is available to you in Christ. The Lord is my strength. Father, I humble myself before you, and I ask you to give me clarity of mind, free my soul and my emotions from distractions and the cares of this last couple weeks. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would allow me to speak with a simplicity and yet under a, a strong sense of your anointing and, and your power that your people, the ones that you love and that you died for and that you cared for, would receive revelation, rhema, a word from you today. And may that one word, God, one word from you will shatter a thousand lies. Let it happen today for the glory of your son. May we leave aware aware of the victory that's ours through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The world is run by tired people. The lazy person does not understand fatigue. They understand boredom. Anybody my age or around my age, when your kid says they're bored and something in you just clicks, anyway, oh, oh you need something to do. <laughs> I'm I don't ever remember saying I was bored. We're too busy to be bored. Fatigue in the spirit comes to the soldier of Jesus Christ, to the intercessor for the body of Christ. To the one who God has shot forth as an arrow into a workplace and you're the only light in that place and the darkness comes and gnaws at the fabric of your soul. The only one in the family standing up and standing out for Jesus Christ. Fatigue comes to the one that's hoping, waiting, believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and life as, as they know it is difficult and uh, hard to navigate. And what we need is not more resolve. What we need is not a bigger support system. I hear people, well-meaning, I just don't have the support, around, I don't have this. And that is beneficial. But the Bible says that you are complete in Him. And His grace, and grace is an all-encompassing all word. His unmerited favor, which includes... The witness and power of the Holy Spirit in your heart. The word of God that cannot fail in your lap. And your understanding that you will always triumph in the Lord Jesus Christ. Always triumph. That revelation gives you the strength. Because you know that God is not only your source. He's your help. He's your shield. He's your glory. And the lifter of your head. I want to give you five uh, brief points this morning, but I believe I will echo the heart of David, and I know I have my stories and you have yours that match this, but I want you to leave having that phrase already ingrained in you, so during the week and at night, say, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. Number one, the Lord is my strength. This is why I pray. Verse 6, keep your Bible open, Psalms 28, 6. Blessed be the Lord because he has heard. He hears the voice of my supplications. Blessed be the Lord because he has heard my supplications. I pray because he invited me to. 
I prayed because he promised to listen. I prayed because he swore to answer. I prayed because the stories that I read in the Bible of those that called upon the name of the Lord saw miraculous intervention, manifestations, deliverance, power, glory. Prayer does not change things. Prayer changes you. God does things and he listens. The the, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. I can tell you who your strength is. It's who you call upon in times of trouble. Well, my grandmother's my rock. Nope. Grandma may be good, but she's not the rock. Well, I don't know what I'd do without this one. That's one of the reasons we struggle. Instead of saying these individuals are such a help and such a blessing, but they are a limited resource. They are a flawed resource. But it's, I don't pick up the phone and call them first. No, 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 no. I call the Lord. I call upon him. I call out to him first. I call out to him exclusively. I call out to him unashamedly. Oh, if you, some of you in this room, your life would change. And I don't mean go into the workplace and be disruptive and, and you know, bring in a, a King James Bible on a dolly and throw it on your desk and, you know, put up all your spiritual quotations. I don't mean that, but oh, how your life would change if you were unashamed and at the mall or at dinner or in the parking lot with friends. You just say, let's, let's pray about it right now. You ain't gonna have no problem. I like to pray with my friends after we go out to eat, especially, you know, lunch and dinner. My pastor buddies do it all the time. And we'll come out of Chili's and me and my, my preacher buddy will be out there. And I said, look, man, let's just pray. And you, So coming out of Chili's right up here, you know, you got a good little walkway and then you got the outside restaurant and there's the place. And I don't take up the walkway. We get off to the side and we pray. Ain't nobody going to bother you. You're out there. I don't mean loud. Just God, thank you that you got everything under control. They'll come out and they got their little two feet. Oh Lord. They ain't going to bother you. I'm not ashamed to let you see me talk to God. Now, if my motive is to be seen of you, God's not even listening. If I feel like pray, I mean, just sitting there in the booth, let's pray. Let's pray now. It's freeing. I'm not ashamed to hold my wife's hand. Or kid, I, I, in a restaurant, if a song come on, I say, you want to dance? Don't do it, John. Don't do it. And I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm just telling you, when you're unashamed, you know it. Unashamed to call upon the Lord, publicly or privately. Unashamed to call out to him in faith. Unashamed to call out him expectantly. There's a difference between praying. You hear people say, how are you doing? Well, I've done all I know to do. Ain't nothing left to do but pray. Not much hope in it. Well, I know. All right, Lord. If you're out there, do something. You know why, you know why we pray Generally. So we can cover for God and any little thing that happens by coincidence, we can say, well, the Lord helped here. No, but when you nail it down, God, I'm calling upon you to do this according to your word for me. And I stand in absolute faith and I, like Elijah's servant, I look for that cloud. And when I see nothing, I'll go back again. And when I see nothing... I'll go back again, and I'll do it to the seventh time. And when I see the cloud the size of a man's hand, you better get out of my way. I'm going to pull up the skirts of my garment and run down the hill and say, Be careful! The storm of answered prayer is coming. Expect it. 
How do I know that God is going to answer? Not because of my prayer. I don't have no, I don't have no faith in my prayers. I have faith in his integrity. I have, if he invites me to pray and swears to answer, I'm not going to spend 30 minutes trying to convince him to do that which he's already said he's going to do. I'm going to stand before him and say, I know who you are. You are the righteous Lord, and you, it is impossible for you to lie. Not that you're too holy that you can't lie. It's impossible for you to lie. Has the Lord not said it? Will he not do it? If he spoke it, will he not bring it to pass? God gives you a word from the Bible you hold in your hand, which is the more sure word of prophecy. He will never contradict that word, ever. But he doesn't tell you where to work in the word of God. You know, Exodus 22, thou shalt go to Geico. It don't say anything like that. You can't, you can't find it in there. But when the Lord gives you a word and your spirit and it resonates in your spirit, man, and it's in agreement with the word of God, if it's provision or protection, count on it. Count on it. If the Lord were to speak audibly and hear, first of all, those who know him would go to their face. They wouldn't run out the door and tell everybody about it. They would be a fear of the Lord, a good thing. If he were to say, John Wood, you are a woman. Some Christian would say, oh, no, he couldn't say that because you're not one. That would be a lie. No, I'd become one. Do you follow me? He speaks to nothing and it became. He stepped out on nothing and made the cosmos, the invisible. he makes the visible things out of things that do not appear. It happens. And that word he's given you is pregnant with future reality. It shall happen. God's not a man that he should lie. Well, it don't look like he's working. He's working anyway. I don't see how he can keep his word. He can keep it anyway. The only thing worse than prayerlessness is prayers with no expectation. And you know what that is? That way, when it doesn't happen, we can blame the Lord. I, I prayed. Well, whose fault is it? And we wonder why our soul withers. Pray expectantly. You, believe, you pray and you believe it's going to rain? Take an umbrella. I want to tell you from my life, this is what I've learned. The Lord is rarely early. And the things that I pray usually take a while because he uses the process of waiting and believing to prune me and to purify motive, to teach me to wait and rest. But when he answers, it is so quick. It is so powerful. It is so unmistakable. That's why on the inside of my wedding ring is the verse, the Lord hath done wonderful things for them. He just speaks to dead people and they come back to life. He heals homes. He, he turns the life of our babies. He changes. He said, oh, I've been working, but I wanted it. I wanted the, the, the brightest answered prayer falls against the darkest black sackcloth of trouble. Shall not God avenge his own elect that cry out day and night to them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. That doesn't mean he answers speedily. It means when he answers, there it is. How many of you ready for a suddenly in your life? Oh, they happen. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a witness. They happen. And this is the confidence that we have in him, 1 John 5, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know, not hope, not maybe, we know that we have the petitions we've desired of him. 
I call out to Him and I am at rest. If you truly call out to the Lord and commit it to the Lord in faith, rest happens automatically. Casting all your care upon the Lord, for He careth for you. And that word cast, you know, I'm not a Greek scholar or a Hebrew scholar, but I looked it up again and it, it means cast. <laughs> to throw upon. So imagine a big king-size sheet and all of the cares, the things that weigh you down the most, the troubles, the anxieties, the perplexities, you put them upon that and you throw it upon the Lord. So my question is, how can I carry something that I have thrown upon the Lord? Well, I, I keep giving it to him, and then I go take it back. How's that working for you? If you commit your babies to him, your babies are his. If you commit your future to him, your future is his. When you pray, and you pray confidently, and you pray expectantly, you are positioned to be victorious in every situation and in every season of life because the man that trusteth in the Lord shall not be put to shame, the Bible says. Number two, the Lord is my strength. This is why I trust him. Look at verse 7a. Keep your Bibles open. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him. He's my shield. The Bible said this is the victory that overcometh the world, even your faith in God, your belief system. And I don't mean mental assent. I mean actual belief, a firm, reliant, exclusive trust in the Lord. And that relationship, David says, uh, he's my shield. I trust in him because no matter what the enemy fires at me. See, being a Christian does not exempt me from fire. Or attack, it guarantees attack. It means that no matter what flaming sword or arrow comes against me, the Lord, imagine the shield of faith, meaning my belief system, who God is. Imagine that flaming arrow hitting the Christ. Oh, I can imagine it because I, I remember nails being pushed through his skin. And when that arrow goes in the shield, it just goes out. Because I am behind him. What does it say about uh, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the what? Come on, shadow. So that means I must be behind him and smaller than him for his shadow to fall upon me. Yeah, the enemy rages. Yes, hell is screaming. Yes, the world is coming apart. But as long as I feel that shade, I know that anything that happens in my life, God either planned or allowed. And I know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. All things, everything, all things, every disappointment, every uh, bit of opposition, every bit of slander, every bit of uh, failure, every bit of everything that happens. Only God can weave the tapestry of all the things that happen in our life and get to the end and say, tell me about your life. And you say, it's good. Only God can do that. Therefore, my heart trusts in him. I trust him to provide for me. Consider the birds. You don't see no anxious, neurotic birds. No birds on Paxil trying to get through today. Pacing back and forth. I ain't seen any worms. Have you seen any worms? 
Consider the lilies of the field, the Bible says. They did not toil nor spin. They have no consciousness of their existence. And yet your heavenly father dresses them. Have you ever seen anything dressed in more beauty than this field? And you are worth much more to the Lord than sparrows and flowers. Trust in me to provide for you. For if God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for you, will he not with him freely give you everything else you need? That revelation alone will eliminate all fear in the area of provision. If I needed Jesus, if I needed a Savior, and he, and he hung himself wide, naked, and was lifted high, a, a, a ribbons of flesh hanging off of him to pay for my sins, if he would do that for my sins, what is taking care of my daily needs? Nothing. It's all part of the package. The greatest insult that could happen to me as a man today would be that if my wife did not trust me or my babies did not trust me to take care of them and provide for them as a father, husband, that to the best of my ability, not that we would have everything they want, but if my children were just at the table wringing their hands and I said, what's wrong, Olivia? What's wrong, baby? What's wrong, Izzy? I'm just scared you're not going to feed me. I would get in the floor. I know my face would just roll tears. And I go, darling, if daddy's breathing, I'm going to take care of you. Our vocabulary fails us. It's everything I have. And if it got down to it and there's only one piece of bread, you get it. We'll, we'll die. It's okay. You'll have, how much more does our Father in Heaven say, what do I have to do to show you that I got you? I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to bless you. And in seasons of lack, I'm going to come in and show my glory because you won't know me as healer unless you've been sick. You won't know me as provider unless you've had lack. You won't know me as defender unless you've been attacked. I'm for you. And if I can be for you, who and what can ever be against you? I trust him. The Lord is my strength. That's why I trust him to protect and defend me, to preserve me. Psalms 121 said, he preserveth my soul to promote and reward us. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, he that cometh to God must believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I trust him because he's faithful. You know, that's kind of cliche when I was, uh, when I was first born again uh, and followed the Lord as a new believer in the 80s, you'd hear he's faithful. But you don't hear anybody say that anymore. I mean, you heard it all the time. But you don't hear people. Very rarely do I have people come in my presence and they're talking about something. And their eyes just glow. And they go, but God is faithful. Which means, I ain't worried, I ain't scared, I ain't none of it. I got God. Like, he, like I'm going to be the first one he fails? The Lord is faithful. Faithful. I can have full faith in him. That's why I trust him. He's the same yesterday. Come on, help me. Today and forever. Has he proven himself to you over and over and over and through the months and through the years and through the decades? Faithful. I trust him because of the stories and testimonies of those around me and those who have gone on before. I trust him because he is good and kind and his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. That's why I can serve him with gladness. 
because my soul trusteth in the Lord, and I have found a resting place, and he hath made me glad in my profession. Life is hard. You never get out of that, regardless of your faith or your victory or your song or your praise. Life is hard. The Christian way is narrow. The opposition is numerous. We are in the minority. This world is not our home. When we groan within ourselves to, to, to dissolve this earthly tabernacle and for us to be manifested to all that we indeed are the children of God, life doesn't get easy. But your faith can transcend all that's coming against you because you know I'm another week closer to seeing the Lord I love face to face. And he will not, cannot fail me. He will not, cannot fail me. He didn't say I wouldn't lose things. He didn't say I wouldn't bury things. He didn't say I wouldn't worship weeping. He did not say I would not make it to heaven without a limp. And I'm not looking for, for drama or funny. And don't, don't acknowledge me. There are people in this room, you're ashamed of your limp. That thing that is just part of you now. There's no way to hide it. You'd like to look better, but something happened. Something was done. Something was taken. Something failed you. Something you might have done to yourself. And I just submit to you, it's not how you live in the sense of uh, being victorious and perfect, but it's how he died that guarantees your abundant entrance into the kingdom of God. And that leg you drag won't drag in heaven. And the countenance, our countenance will be so bright and there will be no sun there for the lamb will be the light thereof. And not only will the lamb of God be there lighting up, but he'll be still in us and radiating. We'll be part and parcel. And there shall be no more sorrow. And there shall be no more crying for the former things will be passed away and God will make all things New. I trust him. What did I tell you? I said, the Lord is my strength. That's why I trust him. Number three, that's why I'm encouraged. Verse 7b says, therefore my heart rejoices. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Because God is with me. God is my refuge. He's a very present help in times of trouble. Very present help. I'm encouraged because he's with me. I'm encouraged because he's inside of me. I'm encouraged because his strength never wanes, it never fades, it never diminishes, nor is it ever insufficient. You have sufficient grace for everything that can happen to you in life. Sufficient grace. You'd swear it's not enough, but it is. Sufficient grace. And his strength is made perfect in your weakness. The Lord is my strength. That's why I'm encouraged, because I'm not trusting in my grip on God. I'm trusting in God's grip on me, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because he will not lose any that look to him. I'm carved. Not written. Carved in the palm of his hands. That hole represents me. It represents me. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. All your eggs in one basket. And for my card players, before you got saved and you bet rent money and all that, when you believe and you go, 
all in. And the people at the table, oh, you ain't got nothing, call me. Oh, you just bluffing, call me. I love going all in with the devil. Oh, look at you, you call me. You think I'm bluffing. You think I don't believe him. You think I don't trust him. You don't think God is watching and you don't think God will defend me. Call me. That confidence is not arrogance. It's that which frees your soul from the fears of this world knowing that God, who is eternal, has written your name in his hands in the Lamb's book of life and so shall you ever be with the Lord. Call me. And usually the loudest one at the poker table doesn't call you. Just for those of you that don't play cards, the other ones know what I'm talking about. Number four, the Lord is my strength. This is why I'm able. Able to do what? Exactly. I'm able. One of my favorite verses, one of your pastor's favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you having all sufficiency in all things can abound to every good work. There's a lot of alls and everys in there. Be careful of the people that you hear say always and never. Usually it's exaggeration. But when God says it, he doesn't exaggerate. He just tells the truth. And I am able to make all grace. Think of this. How, how broad is God's grace? Now watch. You're in your situation. The lights are out, your options are few, the crowd has left, and God says, I throw all of my grace to you. That's what it says. And God is able to make all grace abound. You want some more? Here's some more grace. Yeah, but I didn't need but a gallon jug. No, no, I got, heaven's full. I've got, I'm able to make all grace abound towards you that you would have all sufficiency for everything and with that awareness, you can abound to every good work, which means you can transcend the situation and be more than a conqueror through me that loved you. That's abundance. Don't fall for this prosperity theology in this last hour that tells you how to get a new Cadillac and a, you know, the, uh, let your faucets run Kool-Aid and you'd ahead and not tell. That's not the riches he's talking about. He's talking about a settled heart and a peaceful mind. He's talking about enough in this life and glory in the next one. Confident in the Lord. That's why I'm able to go forward. I'm able to go up deeper inclines, higher heights, mountaintop experiences, heavenly perspectives. I'm able to go up. I'm able to go down. Go down financially. Go down relationally. Go down physically. Go down emotionally. It's not a matter of always winning in the moment. It's I'm able to go wherever he leads or allows me to go. I'm able to sit still. No pacing. No anxiety. No manipulation. No maneuvering. Just trusting. I remember, you know, I keep saying this as an older pastor now, pushing 60, getting close. I, I, I do a lot of remembering. I remember when. I remember... I remember one of the first times I wrote a, a message, a series on the, uh, the Israelites being freed from Egypt and going into Canaan. And uh, I just felt in my heart, whether it was God touching my heart or uh, just from study, I'm not sure, but when you're studying, it's usually his spirit revealing himself to you. And I just felt, I, I saw a mental picture of Moses at the Red Sea going like this. 
which he didn't do. And I, I, I felt the statement in my heart, pacing has never opened a sea. Just that. Oh, Lord, do you see how word I am? You've got to move. That's the very thing he won't acknowledge. He said, Moses, stand still and see the salvation of your God. Stretch forth your staff, which was symbolic of the Lord's staff over his sheep. Just, just put the stick over the water. And it backed up. And anybody with basic understanding would know that when the water went back, you're going to sink to your armpits and much less a chariot or anything else. And it said they walked across on dry land. So what are you saying, Brother John? I'm saying that in every situation, in every instance, God is able to provide for you that which you need. You are able because the Lord is with you. Able to give and receive. Able to persevere. Able to endure. Able to continue and able to overcome. Able to bring forth all that God has deposited and the intentions he has in your life. And you are able to fight a good fight. You are able to finish your course. And you are able to keep the faith. Ben, if you and our worship team and musicians would come. All right, y'all know the rules. You can't watch them take every step all the way to the platform. Stay with me. Because that messes me up. I'm talking to you and you're going. It's my OCD. Put the cameras on them, Brian. Those that are watching them. Number five. The Lord is my strength. And that is why I give him the glory before. I am not taking away from Miriam's song. Do y'all remember? She got through the Red Sea and she said, the Lord, the Lord has done wonderfully. He's thrown the horse and the rider into the sea. That's right. That's beautiful. But you know what songs I've learned to like and the ones I think the Lord likes the best? Blessed be the Lord who's going to throw the horse and the rider in the sea. Blessed be the God that's going to fill our house with the patter of little feet and the laughter of children. Blessed be God that goes before me and we can stand and say, watch my life. I didn't tell you because I trust him it won't go under. I'm telling you I cannot be crushed because the Lord is my strength and my shield. That's why I give him the glory. I would like for you to do something with me right before we, we're getting ready to close. We're going to sing a couple of songs. But as I say these statements, let this be your testimony. And if you just stand with me, it'll look like musical chairs, but I want to give you a chance. I know when I'm not preaching and someone's preaching, I go, oh, I wish I could tag me in. That's what I feel like. You know, Brother Ken will be preaching or Ben. I say, tag me in. I got, I'm with you, man. If this is you, I just want you to stand a few seconds and then be seated, okay? That's why I give him the glory. I give him glory because he's forgiven me all my transgressions. Who's that? Hey! <laughs> glory. I give him the glory because he brought me out of bondage and now I'm free. I give him glory because he's poured blessings upon me from heaven and I can't even contain them. I give him glory because he delivered me from the snare of the fowler and the mouth of the lion seeking to devour me. My adversary desired to have me to sift me like wheat. 
but Christ prayed for me that my faith wouldn't fail and here I stand I give him glory because a thousand have fell at my side and ten thousand at my right hand and here I am standing in the house of the Lord because of God's faithfulness I give him glory because even though I've been unfaithful he has remained faithful I give him glory because what others meant to me for evil God turned it around and used it for good I give him the glory because no weapon that's formed against me shall or can prosper and every tongue that rises up against me God will set it not I give him the glory because it's my privilege it's my desire it's my responsibility and it's my joy to do so I give him the glory in the congregation of the righteous and to all who will hear my testimony I give him glory because when I cried unto the Lord he heard me and delivered me from all my fears I give him the glory because when others despised me some wrote me off and said of his soul there is no hope for him in God but God has been my shield my strength and the glory and lifter of my head I give him glory because you cannot do it for me and I don't any, want any rocks to try to take my place. I give him glory because his rod and staff comforts me. He's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He has anointed my head with oil. My cup perpetually runs over. Surely goodness and mercy has followed me all the days of my life and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ben, lead us in worship, would you? You are the strength of my life, Lord. It doesn't matter what may come my way. You are the strength of my life, Lord. And I'm holding on to you. You are.
for those of you that are standing in an impossible place this morning, a mountain that's unclimbable, a giant that is so large that the, the armies around you tremble in fear, you can approach him and you can boldly declare that the Lord God, see, you come to me in sword and spear with natural elements, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, Jehovah. And the same God that delivered me from the mouth of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver your head to me today and I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. What arrogance. No, what confidence. And your Savior is in control of this situation. And He's mighty. And this is what I believe He's going to do for you. Let's sing this one last song together. Savior, He can move a mountain. My God is mighty to save, He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave, Savior, He can move the mountains, my God is mighty to save. today. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day, Lord. Thank you for your word, your promises, and the truth. Lord God, I ask right now that you go with us this day. Lord God, fill us so that we walk in your steps. Lord God, we hear from your voice. And Lord God, let your anointing fall on us so that we can impact the world. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. We give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, we say amen.